It is the 5th of October 2015. Uh, the location is Nyangarata Mines in Tanzania. 20 miners are working in the underground mining pit there. Then suddenly it collapses. 14 miners managed to escape, but six remain trapped underneath the ground. The trapped miners begin to plow through the rubble, desperately fighting for every inch of their lives in the darkness. As time passes, uh, my, they become hungry. Uh, they have no food to eat. Uh, their only option is to hunt insects and eat cockroaches and earthworms. As more days pass, one of the miners loses hope. Uh, he has had enough of the darkness, and so he decides to starve himself to death. The darkness has become so intense underneath there where they are trapped that one of the men, Gerard, uh, loses his natural ability to see. He becomes totally blind. The trapped miners are now wondering to themselves, is there any end? Is there any light at the end of the tunnel? Now, as we sit here this evening in Bexley Heath, we are far from the mining pit of Tanzania. And yet, in some way, uh, we are not too far because all of us have our darkness. And we see this darkness all around us, actually, especially in the headlines in our local newspaper, The News Shopper. Uh, one headline this month says, Bexley Heath Broadway Assault leaves man in critical condition. Another headline in the news show by this man says, boyfriend jailed for life for murdering vulnerable Beckenham man. Another headline says, hit and run driver jailed after dragging motorcyclists under the car for 200 meters on the A2. These are headlines from our paper. Darkness leaves we might say on our postcode, in our postcode. But the darkness is not just out there on the streets. Uh, the Bible tells us that there is evil and darkness inside each of us. Uh, in fact, the Irish playwright George Bennett Shaw once said, we are all living a life of quiet desperation. And the Bible agrees. It says all of us have been living in darkness since we rebelled against God in the garden. Uh, the, the darkness we have really takes many forms. Uh, the first form it takes is that the Bible says all human beings live under the darkness of sin. Uh, all of us have abandoned God who created us and we only live for ourselves. You see, God is full of love and beauty, majesty and goodness. Uh, but none of us treat God as he deserves to be treated. We don't give God first place in our lives. And the Bible calls this sin. Sin is not just doing bad things. It's building your life on anything other than God. And of course, this makes all of us sinners, according to the Bible. Secondly, all of us are under the darkness of death. The Bible says the consequence of our rebellion against God is death has entered our world in all its forms. Sin has left us under physical death. Everybody in this room will die one day. But sin has also severed the relationship we have with God, so therefore we are under eternal and spiritual death. We have been cut off from the very life of God. Thirdly, all of us are under the darkness of suffering and pain. We live in a world now that's fallen, that is not as God created it. 
It is a fallen world full of pain and suffering. Some of you have traveled through some very dark places in 2019. You have witnessed the darkness of losing a loved one or a close friend. This church witnessed that this year when we lost a dear sister. And we had to do a funeral here. Some of you have coped with physical or mental illness. Some of you have faced the darkness of having a bullying boss at work. And for some of you, even as you sit here, darkness is swallowing your marriage. So there's a darkness of death, darkness of suffering and pain, darkness of sin. And of course, all human beings face the final form of darkness. We face the prospect of experiencing the darkness of never-ending punishment when we die for our rebellion against God. The Bible calls this the darkness of hell. In short, our life in the world is dark indeed. Uh, Our condition, therefore, is much like those miners in Tanzania. Uh, We are trapped, all of us, in our darkness. And the good news of Christmas is that there is actually light at the end of our dark tunnel, if we want it. God is shining a great light in our world. And this great light is described for us in the passage we just read in Isaiah 9, verse 2 to 7. This is a prophecy written eight centuries before Jesus was born. You see, the people of God at that time, Israel, had abandoned God only to find themselves oppressed by the neighboring Assyrian kingdom. This was a time of despair and darkness. They longed for change. A small band of those who still loved God wondered, is there any light at the end of our time? And God responded by giving them this prophecy of Isaiah and in this passage, he promises to shine a great light that one day defeat our darkness. Look at verse 2 there. It says, the people who walked in darkness have seen a great light. Those who dwell in the land of deep darkness, on them as light shined. God is saying he one day shine a great light on them by giving them what? A new king who will confront and defeat the darkness of their separation from God. And this king will bring joy. Look at verse 3. You have multiplied the nation. You have increased this joy. They rejoice before you as we joy at the harvest, as they are glad when they divide spoil. You see, because God will be with them, they will now live with joy. They will no longer be oppressed by their enemies. They will have peace. That's what verse 4 says. For the yoke of his burden and the staff of his shoulder, the rod of his oppressor, you are broken as on the day of Midian. Verse 5. For every boot of the tramping warrior in battle torment and every garment rolled in blood will be burned as a fuel for the fire. It says soldiers will be retired when this great king comes. God will defeat their darkness forever. And the amazing thing about this passage is that this promise is not just for Israel. This promise is for each and everyone here this evening. It is for any human being who puts their trust in the great light of God. But what is this great light that God is talking about here? And how can I be sure that this light is a light that I can truly depend on me, depend on to save me from darkness. I think that's a very important question. How can we be sure this is something we can depend on? You see, about 100 years ago, a tsunami killed 90% of the population 
of a small town in Japan called Ryosh. And when that happened, the town decided never to let it happen again. So they built a 30-foot wall to withstand tsunamis in the future. After that great wall was built, Kawasaki Takeshi and his wife moved from living in the hills to living in the town now. He said the wall that had been built made him feel safe now. But in 2011, another tsunami hit, and it decimated the town and the entire village, including Takeshi um, and his family. You see, the town of Rios placed their hope in a war that couldn't save them. It is important for each one of us here this evening to base our hope in life on what we can truly depend on. I wonder as you sit here this evening, what are, where are you looking in your life to defeat the darkness of the world around you? Where are you looking for hope to defeat the darkness of sin, the darkness of death, the darkness of hell? And how do you know where you're looking to are saviors that can truly save you. Well, you see, God's promise of this great light is our only hope because, you see, this great light is God himself entering human history as one of us. Isaiah continues, let's read verse 6 to 7. He says this, For to us a child is born, to us a son is given, and the government shall be upon his shoulder. And his name shall be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. Of the increase of his government and of peace there will be no end. On the throne of David and over his kingdom, to establish it and to uphold it with justice and with righteousness. From this time forth and forevermore, the zeal of the Lord of hosts will do this. You know, the singer, Joan Osborne, um, or John Osborne, you might, the way you might pronounce it, in her song, One of Us, asks an important question. She says this, what if God was one of us? Just a slob like one of us. Just a stranger on the bus trying to make his way home. If God had a face, what would it look like? The sensation of good news of Christmas is that we know what God looks like. We know what God's face looks like because God has come to us in the person of Jesus. God has promised in Isaiah here to come himself. For to us a child is born, to us a son is given. And his name shall be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father. You see, the central claim of the Bible is that the great light that overcomes all our darkness does not come from ourselves or from some super religion or from some being on the right side of history or, or some philosophical ideas. No. The salvation we long for to defeat the darkness all around us comes from God's action at a particular place, in a particular time, and through a particular person. And that person is Jesus of Nazareth. You see, there is no other God. And you can never know any other God apart from this God who came down from heaven and clothed himself with your skin. Jesus is God himself walking through the very pages 
of human history. This is why we celebrate Christmas. So what is Christmas? Christmas is a welcome party for God. The light has dawned. Jesus is the light at the end of your tunnel. As that famous carol we sang this morning uh, says, O little town of Bethlehem, how still we see thee lie. Above thy deep and dreamless sleep the silent stars go by. Yet in thy dark streets, in thy dark streets of Bexley Heath, shineth the everlasting light. The hopes and fears of all the years are met in thee tonight. They are met in Jesus, our light. You know, when I speak to people, they sometimes say to me, I don't believe in God. That's what they said to me. Uh, as a pastor, people are frequently <laughs> making their point to remind you that they don't believe in God. So don't bother. So I ask them, usually, really? Which God don't you believe in? And they often answer, all of them, all of them, Chola, all of them. Then I ask them, is it the God of the Bible who loves you so much that he put on your skin to enter your pain? Is it the God of the Bible who created all things and yet decided to lay aside his power, his glory, and became a baby just to win your love? Is it the God who willingly humbled himself to die on the cross to pay the penalty for your sin so that you can be free from darkness forever? Is that the God you reject? You know, there's a fascinating scene in the movie Captain America, if you've seen it, the first Captain America. Colonel Phillips and Dr. Eskiner are inspecting troops. Right? They're trying to pick a soldier to become Captain America. And among the soldiers is a very skinny guy, if you, if you remember, if you've seen the movie. He's weak and he's frankly out of place. What is he doing here? Right? But to test the soldiers, to see, to pick Captain America, what Colonel Phillips does is he throws a grenade, right? He throws a grenade among the soldiers to see how they react. And of course, predictably, what everybody does is what we would all do, right? <laughs> is we take cover, right? So they all take cover. They run away for safety, except for the small soldier. If you've seen the movie, you remember what the small soldier does. Instead of running away, what does he do? He runs to the grenade, and he falls on the grenade in order to protect others. Thankfully, the grenade is a dummy. So it never goes off. As I think about that scene in that movie, it reminds me that this is a great picture of what Christmas is about. It is about the God of the Bible who became a weak human being in order to die to save you. The Bible says, for us to be with God, someone morally perfect must die in our place to pay the penalty of our sin. And the Bible says, Jesus came to die for you. Instead of running away from the grenade of your darkness, Jesus ran to the grenade of your darkness. He ran on it, and he took the damage of that grenade upon himself through his death on the cross. You see, Jesus did this to free you from that, dark, that fourfold darkness, the darkness of sin, the darkness of death, the darkness of everlasting torment, and in the new world to come, to free you from the darkness of suffering. 
This is what the God of the Bible is offering each one of us here this evening. And you, all of us here have to ask ourselves, is this really the God we want to reject? Who else? Who else? We can line up all the great men of history. Which one of the great men of history would save us from our darkness? There is no one. Only God himself, coming in the person of Jesus, can save us. And the question for all of us this Christmas, therefore, is simple. Do you want to be free from your present darkness, or do you want to keep living in darkness forever? Do you want to live under the great light of Jesus, or do you want to wallow in your own darkness? You know, the trapped miners in Tanzania were finally rescued after 41 days. For one day, they languished in the darkness of Nyangarakata. One of the miners described the moment when everything changed, right? He said, we saw a tiny crack on the rock and saw a ray of the sun shining through the darkness. When the miners saw the light, they started shouting for help until finally they were rescued. Somebody had them and they rescued them and, and they lived happily thereafter, we imagine. But imagine if the miners had decided to ignore that tiny crack of light. What would have happened? There would have been no rescue. And we would all think they would have behaved very, very foolishly indeed. But thank God they responded to that tiny crack of light. They looked on the light and they accepted the light. And they were rescued. You see, only those who open their eyes benefit from the light of the sun. In the same way, in order for you to benefit from the light of Jesus, you must look at him. What do I mean by that? You must accept that you are currently living in darkness. You must accept that you are currently cut off from the life of God. You must accept that unless things drastically change for you, this evening, you are heading for everlasting punishment. And then you must now turn to Jesus, tell him you're a sinner, and ask that repenting of your sin and surrendering your life to him as your Lord and King. You ask him to forgive, of you, to forgive your sin based on his death on the cross. If you do that this moment, God will forgive your sin, past, present, and future. Jesus will take away the darkness of sin, the darkness of death, the darkness of hell, and in the world to come, you will take away the darkness of suffering. You have a new life and a new future with him. You no longer walk alone in this world of darkness. Jesus will always be there for you as the light that shines in a dark world. But if you reject Jesus, you remain in the darkness of sin and suffering forever, with everlasting punishment, at the, and, and facing the prospect of the darkness of everlasting punishment at the hands of a holy and just God. God is so wonderful, he's so loving, he does not want any of us to end up like that. He longs that we would repent and surrender to Jesus and enjoy the light of Christmas. And as therefore, as we celebrate our Christmas, my prayer for each one of us here this evening is that the Lord will help each one of us to see and enjoy the light of Christmas. Amen.